I want three volunteers. Three volunteers. I need three people who are willing to uh, maybe do something new, something fresh. Ryan, I see a hand and I see a hand. Okay, and then I need one more person. And you don't have to do anything. Olivia, come on up. So, Olivia, you can sit here. You got our seat of honor. Who else is coming up? Caleb, were you coming up? Okay, so I have you are actor one. You can be actor three. And you're actor two. So I need you guys, follow Jessica. I'm going to have you guys go out the back. I need to speak to these people here just a little bit. But you guys go back, think about your roles, think what you're going to do. Basically, you're going to be talking to Olivia as what you're acting out there. So if you can go back, um, I'm going to talk with, with, these, with these guys here real quick. So Olivia, you have the super important role of just like, just listening to these people. So just like, just be engaged in where they're going. But... What you guys don't know is, is they have scenarios that they're going to act out, uh, and they're going to talk to Olivia like she's whatever's being acted out, but Olivia's real role is going to be on the back of the chair. So you guys will know who she is, but you'll notice how these students are talking to her. I want you to laugh. I want you to make it awkward for them because it's not the scenario that they're going to see. Can we do that? Okay. All right, Jessica, let's uh, go ahead and bring them back up. Actors, you ready? Get your lines memorized. We're going to be voting on uh, best performance at the end here. Okay, so now Olivia is the person that you're talking to. So you're acting out that scenario to Olivia. Go ahead. Okay, awesome. So thank you, Jade. Thank you, Olivia. So um, kind of the, the, <laughs> the point of that exercise was the actors thought they were talking to somebody differently. Um, Ryan's scenario was, basically he was an older brother, he had younger siblings that had a lot of money in the piggy bank, and he was going to his siblings asking for money. But this is who Ryan was really talking to, right? This is who you guys saw, like, hey, can I have $100? What would a bank manager say if you just walked up to him and like, hey, can I have $100? Like, if you had a gun, maybe he might give it to you, right? Like, um, and... <laughs> And then, Caleb, yours, yours was pretty good. Uh, Caleb was actually talking to a judge, but in reality, it was his best friend, right? And he's begging for mercy from his best friend. Your best friend is going to, you know, they're going to have a little bit more tolerance for you. Um, and then Jade's scenario was give somebody who has low self-esteem compliments. Try to raise their, their self-esteem. But yet she's talking to a high school principal like, hey, I like your necklace. Okay, thank you. You know, like, you're still in detention. That's what your high school principal would say. Um, <laughs> But the point of that was, was to kind of just see, like, the people that we talk to, depending on who we are, we talk to them differently, right? How do you talk to your parent versus how do you talk to your school principal? What are some other scenarios that you talk to people differently? Anybody name a few? Your, yeah, right? Your dog? How do you talk to a dog? <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't be like, Ryan, how was your day? How was your, you know, like you wouldn't, <laughs> you wouldn't, <laughs> well, maybe with Ryan, we can do that. 
How do you talk to, like, I always think of kids. I have four kids. Like, the things I, I, I say and do with Emily, like, I wouldn't be caught dead saying that to a student, right? Like, <laughs> what are some other scenarios? Okay, that's a good one. What, how do you want to talk to a police officer? Yes, sir. No, sir. Whatever you say, sir. Don't arrest me, sir. I hope none of you are saying that, by the way. Uh, please don't arrest me this time. Um, but the reason we kind of went through this t- tonight in this short exercise is we want to talk about prayer tonight. We're, we're going to open a series talking about prayer. And it's the one thing that I think a lot of us say we, we do, but few of us understand understand what we talk about prayer. And, and literally, like, how we view God depends how we're going to talk to him, right? Is he a judge? Do we, do we walk up to him like Caleb, like, hey, I really didn't mean to do that. I know I wasn't supposed to steal. Like, right? Like, we, do we beg for mercy? Is that how we view God? Because that's how we're going to talk to him if we see him that way. Is he your best friend? Are you going to walk up and be like, what's up JC good to see you bro how you doing like right like do we see God as as really our best friend or do we see him somewhere in the middle do we talk formally to him do we talk King James thou art heavenly father (laughs) thy day was certainly good today like do we talk to him because sometimes we we have that 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 pressure Um, do we talk to him informally like I'm just going to talk to him before bed, like, hey, God, it's really good to, you know, like, how do we talk to him? Do we demand things from him? Do we beg for them? Or do we just ask? Uh, Thankfully, you're going to hear from me very briefly tonight. Um, I have a video that I want to play with Francis Chan. Um, so, So go ahead and play the video. What is prayer? Stale tradition. Ritual, a good luck charm, part of some religious checklist, done to appease a higher being so we can get what we want, or at least avoid the lightning bolt. Prayer has been redefined and twisted and confused, but at its essence, prayer is simply talking to God the God who spoke the universe into creation, who gives us life and breath, who holds all things together. This God wants us to talk to him in the vastness of all that exists. He actually cares about us personally, individually. How can we not pray to such a loving God wherever we are? How can we not thank him for what he's done or cry out when we need help, when we need forgiveness, when we're afraid, when we give thanks for our blessing or question where our next meal will come from? Why would we live a life apart from him? It's not about formula. How could any posture or well-chosen word impress the author of time and space? It's simple obedience. God has made himself available to us. He wants to hear from us. He wants us to trust in him, to acknowledge our dependence on him, to draw near to the one who loved us first. 
approaching with confidence because Christ has torn away the veil. He's washed away the sin that kept us from his presence. And we live in relationship with our Lord. And so we ask that his kingdom come, his will be done on earth and in our lives as it is in heaven. That is prayer. Hi, I'm Jeanielle. Over the next four sessions, we'll be looking at the topic of prayer. Chances are you have at least an idea of what prayer is about. Maybe you say a prayer before you eat, or maybe you've prayed that you would get a good grade on a test. You might have even prayed with your group before watching this video. But what is prayer really? In this series, we'll be exploring questions like, if God already knows everything, what's the point of praying? And why doesn't God always answer my prayers? You're going to see real-life stories of students who have faced really tough situations, but found how to deal with them through prayer. Francis Chan will unpack what the Bible has to say about prayer, helping us understand how we should pray, what we are called to pray for, and why God invites us to communicate with Him through prayer. In this first session, we'll focus on the purpose of prayer and what it means to talk to God. Let's hear from Francis Chan, who is a nationally recognized speaker and the best-selling author of Crazy Love and Forgotten God. I had a friend of mine, he's actually really my mentor here on earth, and he's, he's from India, and, and he was just looking at Christians in America, and he made this comment, I mean, he wasn't judging, in fact, he was crying when he said it. He said, sometimes it feels like people in America are content to just hear from Moses. He says, don't they know that they can go up the mountain by themselves and come into the presence of God? And he's talking about the story where, where Moses ascends up to the mountain and sees God, and, and then he comes down and talks to the people. And he's, he's talking about how in the New Testament, we have access to that God now. And so often we're just, we're content to, to, to talk to a youth pastor or, or speaker or a leader who spent time with God and we're going, hey, tell me about it. What was it like? And his point was, don't you understand that you can go there yourself? This is better than hearing from me, a youth pastor, a youth leader. It's those times when you're just away from everyone else and go, you know what? I'm going to bypass all those people. And I'm just going to go and have this time with God. I'm telling you, this has been the most, the most important thing in my life is that time when no one else is around. And it's just me and God. And I just tell him how much I love him, how much I want to follow him. I, I, I read in his word and go, okay, God, I learned this from you. Give me the courage to go and do this, even if no one else does. And those moments with him that carry throughout the day so that we're not people who are just content to hear from Moses, but go, no, God, I want to know you. I personally want to know you. Towards the middle of my senior year, we were transitioning classes and 
Um, I have a lot of Muslim friends, and so one day during lunch, I was like, hey, you know what, why don't I, why don't I sit with these guys? I got my lunch, they were sitting there, they were talking, I was talking to my friends, um, and as I was about to eat, I was like, oh, you know what, I should pray first, and just started praying out loud, and the table got quiet really fast, and it wasn't until after I said amen that I realized, oh, I just prayed in front of a whole group of, of, Muslim, of Muslim guys. Um, as the days and the weeks started progressing, you know, I kept on praying every single day, and me praying um, during lunch, it started opening up conversation about, you know, who Jesus really is, what Jesus means to the Christians, what Jesus means to the Muslims, and really talking about what the difference is between Islam and Christianity. There were times where after I'd pray, they'd ask me, you know, what does prayer really mean to me? Why do I pray? Why would I pray in public? Why would I, you know, say it? Why would I just say it to myself? And uh, for me, the, the answer I gave them was that, you know, I love Jesus. I feel like um, I should sort of be a little bit more public with, with my prayer. And, you know, to me, it wasn't, it didn't really strike to me as, as a very big thing to them. And I started talking about just me praying over my food. That's just the me of just saying, thank you, God. And I asked them what prayer meant to them. And, Prayer to them is a, is a lot more of a sort of a traditional, sort of a ritual thing to, uh, for them. Through prayer and, and through just reading the Word of God and just listening to His voice, you know, in the quiet times, um, I found peace, I found, I found joy. And, and one thing that I struggled uh, in the past years but found this year was that I found courage. I found boldness to really just stand up for my faith and stand up for what I believe in. People have such different um, ideas, I guess, when, when you hear the word prayer. For some people, it is a ritual. Some people, it's, a, it's an earning or even, even a punishment sometimes of, I must pray this, I must do that, there's a guilt, there's this or that. But when I see in scripture, it talks so much about this, this fascinating truth that God himself actually wants a relationship with us like he wants to know and he wants he wants us to want to know him and this idea of prayer like Paul says in first Thessalonians 5 17 he says pray continuously like never cease praying uh, Ephesians 5 verse 20 talks about how the spirit-filled person is just always giving thanks to God for everything. It's just this continuous uh, conversation. It, it, it's kind of like I've been married for 20 years and still my wife loves it when throughout the day I just check in and tell her what I'm doing, a quick text or whatever. And I want to do that. Like we, we have such a tight relationship that um, it's like in everything I'm doing, I want her to be a part of it and, and know about that. And that's really the way our relationship with God is supposed to be, is this relationship where it's a continual prayer. Like even right now, it's like, okay, just remembering God in heaven, you're looking at me as I'm, as I'm, as I'm speaking to you. God's, God's speaking to you. He's, he's in relationship with you, even as you're sitting there listening. And so it's just this constant communication, which I believe is at this heart of prayer is us saying, God, I want to stay connected with you. Growing up, I grew up in a church home. I um, would go to uh, church every Sunday, and I never like really fully understood what it meant to like know God and kind of like have that relationship with Him. About fifth grade, my parents got divorced. I was very bitter. I was like mad at my dad for. Um, a lot of things like screwing up my home life and 
just like nothing was kind of like the same afterwards. And I was kind of like angry. I was like, God, like how could you let this happen? I just didn't understand. I was really insecure with like myself and like who I was as a person. And that's when I started to struggle with depression. I started to cut myself and I thought that like that would take away like the sadness and like just like the unhappiness I felt as like a person, like the uncomfortable likeness I felt in my skin. During this time in my life, it was um, really dark and never like ever went to church anymore with my family. I never really had like a view of God. It was a very like lonely place. I remember one time I went here to Hope Fellowship for my friend's baptism. And I remember coming into this church and I was just like, what like is this? Um, it was so different. I saw all these people like worshiping God and like having a relationship with him. And I was really intrigued. I was like, what is this? And so I started going like more often on Wednesdays. Before I started like going to church, I didn't realize that like my experiences that I was going through, that I could like pray to someone about it, that he could like actually help me. And when I started coming to church, I realized that I could like talk to him. I could just like, he could help me through like every single day and the past experiences that I've gone through, I like didn't have to go through alone, that I could have someone with me every single day. And I think it just helped me a lot, like understanding prayer wise too, that whenever I just like pray to him, I pray that um, he'll, move his, he'll, he'll move in his own way. Olivia talked about how she didn't really have a relationship with her dad. Um, and so to then speak to God as her father was difficult, and, and many people struggle with that. I've struggled with that. And it, what the scriptures teach is that God is a father to the fatherless. And, and it's one of those things where you can't really just explain it on paper, but Romans 8 says that, that when we when we receive God's spirit and we, we pray to him, there's, there's something internally, it says in, in Romans 8.15, where we cry out, Abba, Father. Okay, it, it has nothing to do with whether you've ever had a great natural relationship with your earthly dad, but there's something spiritual that happens that when the Holy Spirit is in you, there's this connection with God and you know how to cry out to him as a dad and that comes through the Holy Spirit of God. And something that's helped my prayer life tremendously is just really looking through the scriptures, understanding what God is like, understanding his attributes, and then actually thinking about him before I start talking. Because you know how, depending on who we're talking to, we, we change our speech. Um, we, we think about who they are and, and, and their relationship with us. And, and, you know, like you're standing before a judge, you're not going to talk to him like you're going to talk to your baby brother. Uh, and, and in the same way, when we're standing before God and coming into his presence with all of his majesty, we have to think to ourselves, how do I want to approach him? He's a real person. He's really listening to me. One of the verses that blew me away in Hebrews chapter 5 or 7, it says, even Jesus was heard because of his reverence for God. And we're thinking, wait, Jesus was heard because of his reverence? Like, I thought, well, Jesus would just be listened to no matter what. But even in his prayers, he had a reverence for the Father. And, and that's something we've, we've lost a lot of times. We just are taught to pray, just say whatever, and throw these words in the air. It's like, no, 
think about who we're speaking to. Let's have some serious reverence for him. And then when we pray, speak directly to him. I was raised in a Christian-based home, and my dad and mom were both strong believers, just had great faith. Whenever uh, we were young, my dad and mom would come into our rooms and we'd say a prayer together. I always thought of prayer as something I could just ask for, and at the time, uh, I thought I would be able to get it. Sooner or later, uh, it would be answered. Well, four years ago, uh, my dad was diagnosed with a rare type of cancer. At the time, uh, it was hard on everybody. We were praying during that time. Relatives would come over, we'd pray, and we prayed all the way up to the time he was going through surgery and radiation. Whenever they got back, he was exhausted. He was worn out from everything, all the surgery. We were praying through every treatment and it was working that the cancer was staying away. And after his treatments, uh, he was clear from his checkups for three years until about four months ago, the cancer reappeared. During that time, it was super difficult seeing him again, com it coming back. I feel like the cancer and whether he was gonna get better was all in God's hands. Since he let it come back, I didn't think praying and asking him again and again and again like I used to, that it would change his mind or help. Tyler asked a question that I've been asked so many times, and in 30 years of prayer, 30 years of being a leader, I don't know that I've ever heard the perfect answer to that question. Why do we pray if God already knows everything and has already decided? I mean, Psalm 139 says all the days of our lives were ordained before even one of them came to be. So there was something that was already set before I was even made. He had this plan set out. So then is my prayer going to change that? And some people have explained, well, but God knew when you were going to pray and that was going to affect things. And I mean, we can go in circles trying to figure out the mind of God. Um, all I know is that there have been times, I mean, many times, where after I prayed specifically for something, man, it would happen in such a, a, a supernatural way that there was no way that could have been coincidence. I've seen what God's done through prayer. Now, do I understand everything about it? Why sometimes he doesn't answer the way I want him to? Do I understand his whole plan? I don't. Um, in fact, I can relate to Tyler because I was 12 years old when I was praying the same prayer for my dad who had cancer. I remember one time just going, God, my, my mom was already dead. My stepmom had died in a car accident three years prior. And here's my dad who's got cancer now, and I'm begging and going, God, don't, you can't let this happen. And, and sure enough, he passed away during my seventh grade year. And I still don't understand it all completely, but I do know beyond a shadow of a doubt, there have been so many times when I've prayed so specifically and he answered so supernaturally that I know what happens. And sometimes in 
in our faith, we can try so hard to understand things that our minds will just never comprehend rather than just being obedient in faith and saying, well, God asked me to pray for these things. And he says to knock on that door and he'll answer to seek and we'll find, we'll ask and he'll answer us. And so we do that in faith and we, we reap the rewards of that. Yes, there will be times when we don't get it. And yes, there'll be times when we don't get what we ask for specifically. But I'm telling you, there is nothing greater than seeing those answered prayers and experiencing. And I know for a fact that God is listening to me. And that's what we have to go on. And there, there will be things in your life that are gonna be left unanswered and you won't know until the end. What each of the stories today point to and what Francis was able to show us through scripture is that God wants to hear from us. At its heart, the purpose of prayer is to help deepen your relationship with God. You might be in a place where prayer just seems like a religious ritual or tradition, or you're having trouble understanding why God isn't answering your prayer. I hope you'll take Francis' encouragement to heart. Know that God really is listening to you and that he really does want to hear from you. Now it's time to take a closer look with your group at what God's Word has to tell us about prayer. I hope you'll share your own questions and struggles as you discuss the purpose of prayer. See you next time. And I just want to take time to, to one review, but then I want to point out a, a few different things. And then I want to give us time tonight to pray. Um, and if you're new here tonight, I just want you to know there's no pressure. Um, we're going to be we're going to be splitting into groups at the end. There's no pressure to say anything. Um, there's no pressure to pray. Um, sometimes just listening to the other person um, is is a step in the right direction, right? Um, when I first gave my life to Jesus, it was the same thing. It was like, dang, that was a good prayer, and I would just like mimic the same thing. And so we just want you to know that that that's where we're going. Um, but I think no matter how much you pray or whatever background you have or your idea of prayer, all of us can relate to some of the, sto the stories the students shared, right? I like the last story of Tyler when he talked about how he saw his mom and dad pray over his kids. All of us have a prayer history of some sort, right? Like I, I grew up Catholic and so my prayer history was basically praying over our food as fast as we possibly could. Right? Like, it was just like, bless us, Lord, Jesus, for your body, for your for little Amen. Eat. You know, like, uh, that was, like, basically the extent. Um, or, um, during confession, it was like, okay, God, I've sinned. Okay, go pray the Our Father four times to, you know, like, that was my idea of prayer. And so how I talked to God mattered. I basically thought he was a judge. I, I was basically like, okay, God, please forgive me of this. And that's how I would always approach him. So I'm going to ask you, what is your prayer tradition in your family? Do you say grace before meals? Do your parents pray with you before bedtime? Do they pray with you over major life decisions? Do you have family devotions? Or maybe it's never happened. Um, that's kind of my background. My, I'm, I've never heard my mom or dad pray over me or for me. Um, doesn't mean they haven't. There's probably plenty of times like, please, Lord, let them be alive. Um, but, you know, like... But I like how Tyler said he prayed for his dad's cancer, but it didn't seem to work. Does it make it harder to pray when we feel like, God, are you answering me? 
when we don't get what we pray for, is it just like, eh, whatever. Olivia talked about how she didn't pray much at all, except to blame God for her parents' divorce. Do you know people like that? When you ask them, hey, you want to come to youth group? Or, hey, you want to go to church with me? Or, hey, what do you think of God? They're just like, eh, he's just done miserable things to me. Why would I worship him? Who only have a negative view of God. And I like how Olivia shared it. Like, it wasn't until she actually went to church that she saw that God can help her through those things. Right? We're not just a victim to the situations. Or what about Jonathan when he prayed in front of his Muslim friends? How many of us pray in front of friends who aren't believers? Or we know are Muslim. Right? We're just like, awkward turtle. Not going to do that. I, I, you know, I know where they stand. But I like what he says because he said they were fascinated by it. And you guys, I have testimony to that. I've seen students... Uh, I had a, a Muslim student work for me at MSU. And we've had conversation that he was fascinated by those things because he knew I was a pastor. We had conversation just because we were open. When we acted out those scenes, we saw how when we talked to our friends, when we talked to you know, who we think we're talking to, we talked to people differently. And so I would ask you, who is God to you? How you view God affects how you will talk with God. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Romans 8. We're going to cover this really quick. Romans 8 verse 12 says, So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit... You put to death the deeds of the body and you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. You guys, I think some of us need to realize this. And it says, according to the flesh, like, yeah, we're as good as dead. But by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, and you will live. And it says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are are, are sons and daughters, right? Like, everybody who gives their life to Jesus is adopted. Do you realize that, that, that God wants you to be a son and daughter of him? That we are his children. I think about that and a lot of us aren't, aren't really open to that. Or sometimes our relationship with our parents is, is not what it should be. And so we have this off view of who God is. But verse 15 says, not a spirit of slavery. What is a spirit of slavery? What do you think that is? you think about it, if you're a slave, how are you going to talk to your, to your master? How are you going to communicate if you're a slave? Meekness, right? 
What's that? Right? Like, don't say anything. We're going to get beat, right? Because your opinion doesn't matter. On your knees, yeah. Yeah, out of fear. Because you don't know what's coming. If you're a slave, does that change how you talk to God? If you think that you're a slave. Right? Like, do we approach God in fear? He doesn't want that. And scripture actually says, a child says, Abba. That when we're children of God, we say, Abba. Do you know the best word for that translated in the English? It's not father, daddy. Think about that. Daddy, I'm here. Dad. I don't go to my house and like walk up to my dad and like, how are you today, sir? Glad, glad to see you, Dad. Or glad to see you, Father. You are looking well today. Don't beat me, please. Like, right? I don't, I, don't, I don't talk that way to my dad. You're doing well. Let me give you a firm handshake just to show that you're, you're doing well. Right? Like, that would be weird. My dad would be like, what in the world are you doing? No, I walk in. I'm like, hey, Dad. Good to see you. I give him a hug, right? Like, but think about those two. How often do we approach God the first way? Hello, Heavenly Father. Good to see you today. Do we ever walk in like, Dad, let me tell you about my day. And I love that it says the Holy Spirit affirms in us that we are his children. That God wants to affirm in you, like, come to me. Call me, Daddy. I'm here. I want to have a relationship with you. Romans 8, 26 and 27. If you jump ahead there a little bit. It says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. I love that the Spirit helps us in our weakness. How many of you have ever walked into that awkward situation where you're just like, I don't know what to say, so we'll talk about the weather. Sunny outside, right? Like we, we have that, that awkward scenario. And it'll be the same with God. Of, well, like some days we'll walk in and be like, Father, I have no idea what to say. But the Holy Spirit starts to intercede for us. It groans for us. Tyrell and Olivia, they didn't get what they prayed for. And this is a point I want all of us to hear. Just because you don't get what you pray for, it doesn't mean God doesn't care. Amen? Amen. How many of us, we pray for something and sometimes God's going, I'm not giving you that because that'll lead you to death. I'm not giving you that because it's not what I want for you. Sometimes we, we treat it like Santa, right? God, I want this new car. I didn't get it, so I'm going to pout. And I'm not talking to you anymore, right? Like, <laughs> we, we just kind of do that. 
And then with that, our prayer life drops off. Our talking with God drops off. I love what Olivia said. She said, whenever I pray to him, I pray that he'll move in his own way. How many of you know that's a hard way to pray? God, you know my desires, but I pray that you move in your way. God doesn't want us to stop asking for what we want. He wants us to bring our request to him. But my second point is God wants us to care for what he wants. The more that we pray, the more that we talk, the more we start to understand with God. Like, okay, God, this is your heart. This is what you want. The more I know my wife, right? Like the more I know that she really likes chocolate. She really likes dark chocolate. I'm going to buy her dark chocolate, right? Like I just know those things because I have conversation with her. And I love that Jesus modeled this for us. If you turn to Luke 22, verse 42, and this is at the end of Jesus' life. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane. He knows he's about to be arrested. He knows he's about to die on the cross. And this is what he says. He says, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Do you guys hear that? Jesus is being honest with God. God, I don't want to do this. I know where I'm going. I know what's coming. If you can take it away from me, take it away from me. But I'm going to do it because it's your will, not mine. How huge is that? Jesus knows what we're going through. But he also knows it's more important to do the will of God than, than not How you view God affects how you talk with God. Some of us here need to remember that tonight that he's adopted you. If you've given your life to him, he said, Jesus, I give you my life. You're you're my Lord and Savior. You are officially adopted. The papers are signed. You're his. He welcomes you in. He calls you son. He calls you daughter. You're not a slave. You're not to live in fear. You're not to live in shame. You can call him dad. Think about that. It changes how we approach him. Just because you don't get what you pray for, it doesn't mean he doesn't care. God wants you to want what he wants. My last point is the more we talk with God, the more we understand what he wants, right? Think about your best friend. How do you get to know them? By talking to them, right? By spending time with them. God's will for our life isn't supposed to be this giant mystery. He wants it to happen through relationship. The more we talk to him, the more we understand him. Francis Chan referenced 1 Thessalonians 5.17. It tells us to pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Think about that. How many of us have this view of prayer? It's on our knees, with our eyes closed, with our hands folded, speaking in King James Version. Right? 
Like that's our view of prayer. Did you know that you can pray as you're driving home tonight? Don't close your eyes. That's not going to work. You're going to hit something. You're going to run off the road, right? Like I remember the first couple of times I've had students like go on a prayer walk over our campus, over our schools. They're like, how do you like walk and pray with your eyes closed? You don't. You keep them open, right? Like, like we sometimes have this view of like, that's how we pray. We close our eyes. Like, yes, those things pull out the distractions in our life, right? Like if you're sitting in a spot, I'm like, okay, God, I'm ready to talk to you, squirrel. Like, okay, maybe now close your eyes, right? It helps us to kind of focus in on who God is. But you can pray in whatever you're doing. You ran three miles today. How many times do we pray? Like, God, just give me to the finish line. Give me to the finish line, right? Like, I'm running 13.1 miles on Saturday. There will be lots of praying without ceasing happening. (laughs) God, one more step, one more step. Get to the finish line. Right? You can pray in the morning. You can pray in school. You can pray in the midst of terrible situations. So what are we supposed to do? Pray. We're supposed to talk. When are we supposed to do it? Always. The picture that I get here, and we're going to close, is of the Secret Service. How many of you know those guys? What do they have in their ear? Yeah, like right the white corded thing that goes into their ear. Why do they have that there? Communication. What kind of communication? Just like, what's up, bud? You want pizza? Yeah, I'll take some pizza. Like, is that what they're talking about? Maybe. (laughs) Dude, it's dinner time. Get over here. I need pepperoni. They might be doing that. But Secret Service, they're always like in touch with with somebody who's in charge, right? They're always connected. They're always on the same page because they're protecting someone, right? They have a mission. They have a goal in mind. They're communicating about the threats. When life is hitting you hard, are you communicating, God, I need your help. I don't know what to do in this situation. People are talking down on me. They're talking badly about me. Help me not to focus on that. God, what do you think of me? You don't have to do this. I mean, it, it might be cool. I, I've always wanted an in-ear speaker like that. They're talking about what's on the right, what's on the left. God, I got a test coming up. Could really use your help. I didn't study at all. God, I don't think I'm going to graduate. Please make it happen, right? Like, The awesome part for us is we have the Holy Spirit in us. We have a built-in mic. We don't have to do this. You can if you want to, if you just want to make it feel cool. Because our words go straight to God because of the Holy Spirit. We don't have to close our eyes. We don't have to kneel down. We don't have to fold our hands. Like I said, those things help. It puts us in a spot that we're with God, but you don't have to do it. We can pray whether we're happy or sad whether we need help or encouragement. We can pray if we've been, things are going really, really good. God, I just want to thank you for who you are, for everything that you provide. We can pray if things are going really, really badly. God, I messed up. I'm in a situation I never thought I would be in. I need you to move. I need you to change my heart. Somehow I ended up here and I don't want to be back here. 
God wants us to keep an open line of communication with him. So I want us to break into, into small groups of four or five tonight. And I want us to put it into practice. And I, I want you to know that there's no pressure to say anything. But I want to ask you, people, if you've been here a while, split up, find somebody new. New people, find somebody you don't know. Jump in their group. And we're going to spend the last seven minutes that we have here. Maybe even talk about that. What is your attitude with God? How do you view him? How do you talk to him? And then I want you guys to pray for each other. I want you guys to close in prayer. Can we do that tonight? How you view God affects how you talk to him. And the purpose of prayer is to bring him closer to us. To talk with him. Dad, I'm here. Let's chat. Can we do that? Go ahead and split into a group.